Welcome to What's Going On, the weekly podcast and videocast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of What's Going On. I'm Pastor Katie here at Yankton First United Methodist, and I am glad you could join me for this episode. Um, This episode, I want to... um, dive into a thought that occurred to me earlier this week. Um, And so let me share a little bit about what I was doing this week. Um, Part of uh, the expectation for every United Methodist pastor is that we are involved in some level on the conference. So think of it, um, I am not a member of the local church that I serve. My church is really the Dakotas Conference. that's where I hold my membership. Um, and just like you in the local church, if you're a member, that there are expectations of membership to be involved in the life of the church, to be um, fulfilling the needs and roles within the life of the church. Uh, that same is true on the conference level. And so we have different teams and committees on the conference level that um, the clergy are expected to um, participate in. Um, and so you, we have conference treasure, like, uh, finance and administration team. We have trustees, we have something that would be akin to like a, a administrative board in our common table. We have our conference council on youth ministry. We have our camping boards. We have, um, just all kinds of things, but the one and, and I serve in two capacities, and those have changed, shifted a little bit over time. I've, I've had, held a couple other positions, but currently uh, I serve on two boards uh, as my conference commitment. The first uh, is a new one that I, I've literally attended one meeting so far, but I, I recently joined the board, of, uh, the board for the Dakotas Foundation um, in Minnesota. Uh, Actually, to be honest, I don't know what the full title is right now. Um, But our foundation is where uh, we have investments. uh, People invest their money. Churches invest their money. And we use uh, some of the the gains from that to help fund ministry and projects throughout the conferences. And so um, I'm excited to be a part of that. I think they do really good work. It's incredible. uh, what they see in the generosity that they get to help generate. Uh, but the other one is really, I, I have to say, uh, <laughs> is where my heart is. And that is I serve on the board of ordained ministry. And I want to share a little bit about that. Um, <clears throat> the board of ordained ministry is, is a mix of clergy and lay folk. Lay folk are just people who are not clergy. Um, and they serve the function of uh, kind of vetting people for ministry, as well as caring for our clergy. They also are the the group that um, handles all of the clergy and the connections that they have to the conference. We have a lot of different status for clergy uh, and a lot of different ways in which they are connected to the conference, and we handle all of that. Um, it's a role to be on the Board of Ordained Ministry. You actually have to be invited by the bishop to serve on it. It's a 12-year um uh, role. Uh, I've been on it since the summer of 2017 when I was ordained. You actually, for clergy, um, like you can't be provisional because you have to go before the board. Um, and so actually, uh, 
yeah, you, uh, there are some restrictions there for, for eligibility. But um, <clears throat> so some of the work that we do as we meet, we meet about four times a year in the fall. We will interview um, candidates for ordination. In the winter, we interview our candidates for commissioning um, as pastors. And then we also do uh, a variety of other work. And then we do work around annual conference. And those are especially around handling retirements um, and uh, any changes that clergy have in their connection to the conference. So there's a lot of pieces to it. So this, uh, our winter meeting just happened this week. Uh, I got to be up in Fargo and <laughs> for whatever reason, uh, like to, like to go north for conference events in January, apparently. <laughs> it was a wonderful time uh, for us as we interviewed our candidates for commissioning. Um, but I did have a thought that occurred to me while I was there th that um, I hadn't really thought about before. Um, but in the nature of our conversations, um, and I especially focus on theology. Um, I'm one of the people in our conference that um, read theology papers, not that our other pastors don't, but that's the role that I have on the board is I really read through a candidate's theology to make sure that they are articulating um, theology well, that they understand the distinctive of Wesleyan theology, um, because as pastors, they, they need to be able to teach that and to preach it. Um, and so that's what, that's one of the roles that I do. <clears throat> one of the things I, I, uh, noticed and, and then started thinking about more was, um, the number of people we have in our denomination who have landed in our denomination. Um, I am one of them, actually. Uh, many of you know, I did not grow up in the United Methodist Church, but came to it later in life. Uh, later, I mean, I was in my 20s. Um, but I did come to it as an adult. I chose the United Methodist Church, and I chose the Methodist Church um, because of my experiences within it, my connections to people, but also ultimately because of the theology and what I found in the writings of John Wesley. Um, and uh, as I've done this work over the years, <coughs> I have uh, heard and seen more and more stories of, of our of our clergy, of the people who are coming up to be pastors in our denomination, who are actually coming from other denominations, coming from other faith traditions, other Christian churches. Um, and it's been such a privilege to hear their stories, but it's always been very curious of, you know, how did you end up United Methodist? What brought you to the Methodist tradition, to the Methodist faith? What about it spoke to you in a way that maybe wherever you came from didn't. And it's the same kind of stories that also I get to hear in our new member classes. Um, obviously, if someone is coming as a new member, um, they are coming from a different church. Sometimes it, that other church is in another United Methodist Church, but oftentimes it's not. Um, and so it's always really interesting to hear people's stories on what brought them to the United Methodist Church or this United Methodist Church. Um, and honestly, so many of those stories begin with the word grace. I would say, and I would argue, and I would not be alone in doing so, that one of the hallmarks of United Methodist um, theology, of Wesleyan theology, is our focus um, and our real, the centrality of great, God's grace in our lives. Um, one of the things that... Um, 
that I really loved about uh, reading Wesley's theology was kind of the central role that grace has, um, not only in how God treats us, but in how um, we are to treat one another. Um, and not to say that I didn't know about grace before, uh, every Christian tradition has grace as I think an important role and central tenet, especially in our salvation. Paul writes uh, in, in the New Testament that we are saved by faith through grace, saved by grace through faith. I think that, that sounds better. Um, and so grace is not a foreign concept to anybody, but the way it gets fleshed out in our theology is a little bit unique. And um, what many people have said is it really matches their experience of God and how they understand how God is working. And so I just want to kind of run through that a little bit with you because maybe you've never heard of it before um, either. Uh, and so when we think of grace, the first type of grace, and it's all grace, but we have sort of different experiences of it. Um, and the first I want to talk about is called provenient grace. Um, we use this term, and these are terms that are not necessarily found in scripture, but we are using them to describe things that we find in, in scripture and in our life experiences. Provenient grace describes the act, action of God prior to us knowing or being aware of God's action. <clears throat> and so we believe that um, God shows us grace before, before we deserve it, before we've turned to him, um, that God's provenient grace allows us to, to turn to him. And we believe that God gives that grace um, and to some extent to everybody, that, that, um, that drawing near to God that we do is done through God's grace. Um, we talk a lot about provenient grace at infant baptism because we believe that uh, that every infant is given grace by God, not on their own merit, but because of who God is. Um, and being raised in a family that is is bringing them up for baptism is a, is a gift of grace, and a gift of grace that goes before um, any salvific uh, understanding of who God is. The next type of grace that, that um, I think is the one that probably people are most familiar with, we call it justifying grace. And it's the grace that is accomplished by Jesus through his death and resurrection. It is the grace that um, brings us in right relationship with God. Um, it is the grace that we talk about when we are saved by grace. It is the grace um, accomplished by Jesus for us. Um, and so um, that, is, that is probably prior to um, coming to this denomination, that would have been probably the extent of my understanding of grace was, was in the work of Jesus. I, I wouldn't have been able to articulate or really recognize provenient grace in that way. But that's not all. <laughs> I feel like I should be on a, on a game show or something. Tell them what they won. Um, uh, the next, the next type of grace that, that um, we talk about is called sanctifying grace. So we believe that in the work of Jesus that we are justified, that we are brought into right relationship with God, that, that we have gained access into salvation, not by our own doing, but by God's doing. But we also believe that God doesn't um, just uh, bring us in and leave us there, that God is actively working in our lives, that God is calling us and... Um, 
sanctifying us. And so the third type of grace is sanctifying grace. Uh, and sanctify really means to be made holy. Uh, that we believe that through the work of the Holy Spirit, that, that every Christian is given the gift of the Holy Spirit to dwell within them, to kind of act as a guide and a conscience, um, but also to be, in a very real sense, working on us, to be making us more holy. Uh, Paul writes in the book of um, Galatians about the fruit of the Spirit and that these are signs of uh, sanctifying grace, that if we grow in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, um, that that is evidence of, of the Holy Spirit sanctifying grace, working within us, uh, moving us on to perfection. Uh, which is a very Wesleyan Methodist kind of phrase. Uh, when we talk about perfection, we are actually talking about um, perfection in love, meaning being holy and totally motivated out of, out of love for God and love for one another. Um, and so uh, a lot of people really come to us out of that experience of grace, of um, hearing grace preached, of, of experiencing grace uh, through the people called Methodist. Um, and, and, and for many, having lived a life maybe not knowing grace or not receiving grace and receiving just judgment, um, grace is very um, sweet and, and good news. Um, and anyway, it just caught me thinking about how incredible it is that, that so many have found a landing place um, in our churches and in our denomination um, that, that people who, um, you know, maybe would have walked away otherwise have, have found a home and found a place that is not primarily about judgment, but it's about God's grace and, and that God's love for us, even though we don't deserve it. <clears throat> And that's just really incredible to me. Um, and I think speaks volumes of, of our theology. And one of the reasons I'm proud to be United Methodist um, is, is the way that our theology is nuanced, the way that um, God's love and our call to love our neighbors as ourselves is really front and center. Um, you're not going to hear fire and brimstone kind of preaching from me ever, um, because we believe that, um, most people are pretty familiar with their brokenness. Most people, um, it's, it's really quick and easy for us to believe when someone says something negative about us. It's a lot harder to believe, um, the kind of love that God has for us. And I feel like, um, if we believe that we are loved, that we are wanted, that God wants to include us in the kingdom, that God is making a way for us, that God sees within us um, the person that we are meant to be, and that God is going to help us to become that person, um, that that is, that is good news for everyone. And I'm really grateful for the people who have heard that and who have... Um, not only found a home in the Methodist Church, but also found their calling into ministry through the Methodists. Um, and again, it's just one of the reasons I'm really proud to be UMC. I'm really proud to have chosen this this church family to be my home. Um, it's just something, again, it just kind of stuck out to me this week. And 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 I know it's true for many in, in our church as well that 
that we ha we come from a variety of backgrounds. We come from a lot of different kinds of churches or no church at all. But somehow God has drawn us all here together to be the church, to be his people, um, to love one another and to, uh, to, to take this life together. And so I'm grateful. I'm grateful for each one of you. I'm grateful for um, John Wesley and, and the contributions he made to uh, the stream of Christianity and the ways in which I think he was faithful to the teachings of Jesus. Um, I'm, I'm grateful to have found it. I'm grateful for the impact it's had on my life, and I hope that it has an impact on your life as well. Um, just one quick note uh, before I end this today, and that is uh, we do have our town hall discussion Monday night at 630 uh, here at the church, and we'd love to have you join us, especially if you're a member of the church. We think it's important to hear your voice and that you be part of the conversation. Um, but if you're not a member, you're still welcome to come, welcome to join in the conversation. If this is where you call home, then we want you here. Um, and so that, again, Monday night at 6.30. Join us also Sunday for worship. We're uh, in our second week of our Half Truths series. We're going to be talking about um, the phrase, God helps those who help themselves, and, and just how true that may or may not be. Uh, so come to church and check that out. And until next time, God bless. Thank you for joining us for this episode of What's Going On, a podcast of First United Methodist Church in Yankton, South Dakota. We'd love to have you join us for worship on Wednesday nights at 6.15 or Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. You can also worship with us online at firstumcyankton.org or find us on YouTube.